Welcome back. I am you, Winston. I'm going to talk a little bit about how my week went. It's been a little bit stressful. I have had several interviews and one four-hour assessment. So I'm thinking that uh, might be uh, finding something to do in the next uh, week or so. So that'll be good for me and good for my wife. Um, yeah been home for about uh, three, a little over three weeks, and it's uh, become a little bit stressful. So, got the Super Bowl coming in a couple of days, so I wanted to try to get to work on this and see how far I can get. As you well know, that doing a podcast isn't as easy as it sounds. It's kind of difficult, man. But I will persevere, and I will uh, become great at the Tribal Brand Podcast. So, here we go. I'm thinking that uh, Chris Columbus, in fact, I think he might have had a holiday a while back, a holiday, because he stumbled across North America back in, I don't know, 1492 or something like that. He made four trips over here and got all the credit for discovering North America, although he stumbled across it. And he was actually Italian, but he was exploring for the Spaniard made his way over here and uh yeah gets a, even gets a holiday man one holiday christopher columbus day banks are closed banks are closed it's a government holiday for a lost knucklehead so the history books will tell you that columbus never even set foot on north american soil he didn't even plant the spanish flag on north america there were already millions and millions of people living in north america Yet he gets credit for discovering it. Apparently, a gentleman by the name of Leif Erikson landed in Canada 500 years before Mr. Chris Columbus. It's all one big fat lie, people. One big fat lie. Because the farthest west Chris landed was in the Bahamas and Cuba. It's not North America, man. Yet he gets his own national holiday. It's unbelievable. The history needs to be changed. We need to stop teaching our children that Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 and discovered North America. It's got to change. So since he got the credit for landing on North America, he got all this power. The power that was given to him was this. Any place that he, quote, discovered, unquote, He was all the power. He was the man. He was the king, the governor, all in one. And he could also keep 10% of all the merchandise, pearls, jewels, gold, all that good stuff that he found. It's also a fact when Columbus landed in Hispanolia, there was a native tribe there that was peaceful, willing to trade and uh, make deals for trinkets or what have you. Well, he decided that, well, we're going to go ahead and enslave these people because they're nice and kind. They're good people. We're going to enslave them. And if they did not collect enough gold, they would sometimes lose their arms or even be killed. So it wasn't long before this tribe was decimated with disease and murder by Christopher Columbus and his crew. So by 1499, the Hispanic monarchs got wind of the mistreatment of the Spanish colonists in Hispaniola, including the flogging and the executions without trial. Columbus was the governor at the time, but he was brought back to Spain, where he was stripped of all his power, basically 
He was no longer the governor. So next Columbus Day, when you have to take the day off, and if you need to go to the bank, or if you have to get a title for your car or your boat, or whatever government business you have, and you can't do it, just remember it was brought by a dude that never really even landed on North America, never set foot on North America, ever, ever, ever. I think we should have a Geranimo Day, or Cochise Day, or Sitting Bull Day, some kind of Indian Day. I know they have some month that they celebrate, Native American Month, or maybe it's just Native American Day. Come on, people. The banks are still open. Government's still open. It's just the way to give the people a day. Is it on the is it on the calendar? If it's on the calendar, then we should make it a national holiday, man. Close them banks. Give us our day. That's all. Just one day out of 365 and one quarter days. Hell, you could just give us that 29th day of February every four years and we'd be happy with that. At least it's something. So I've been craving a cig all day today. And I quit smoking cigs like 10 years ago, nine and a half years ago. I gave up them cigs and I've been smoking for years and years, like 30 some years, 34 years I think. First pack of cigs I bought, I was in the seventh grade on the Nooksack Indian tribe up there in Deming, Washington, 35 cent for a pack of cigs. And I could buy them myself. And when I was that age, I was probably five foot one or two, a little short fella. But I could still buy them cigs. Back in those days, you could even go to the main store for as long as Mama gave you a note to buy cigarettes. Them were the good old days. Now you have people doing what they call vaping. Now, vaping is a highly addictive thing as well because it is, in fact, nicotine. And if they would have had vaping when I was a teenager, I would have been the coolest kid on the block. I would have had my vape. I would have had my Budweiser. Everything would have been A-OK. I'm glad I have a lot more sense these days. I really am. They say that the addiction to nicotine and trying to kick that addiction is even harder than heroin. I never did try any heroin, but my pops offered it to me when I was 15 years old. says, hey son, would you like to do some heroin with me? It's like being in heaven. I said, no dad, I'm good, thanks. At least I had enough sense not to do heroin, man. I probably wouldn't have been long for this world if I indulged in that sort of debauchery. The bottom line is this, I'm still craving that cig, man! Oh my god, it's been a long day. I don't know why I want that cigarette, but uh, I'm not gonna debt. Not gonna debt. Figurettes are bad, man. Not gonna go down that road anymore. The funny thing is, after I quit smoking cigarettes, it seemed like I gained like 20 pounds, like overnight. It's like I quit on June 18th, 2009, and on June 19th, 2009, I weighed 200 pounds. Because when I quit smoking cigs, I was this nice, svelte, 180 pounds of muscle and sinew. Now, I'm a 200-pound fat man. I knew a guy that uh, was rather heavy. And uh, he had been a non-smoker for like five years and he got fat and he said he started smoking cigarettes again because he thought he was going to get skinny again, man. And then he says, no, now I'm just a fat smoker. So whomever out there has been a non-smoker for a while, don't smoke again. It's not worth it. Besides that, it's like, I don't know, 10 bucks for a pack of cigs now. 
$10 for a pack of cigarettes. If you smoke a pack a day for a year, how much is that? Now, math isn't one of my strong suits, but I tell you what, that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. That's a car payment. I mean, you could buy a car. Over a five or six year period, you can own your own goddamn car. And we're not talking about a beater car. We're talking about a pretty nice car. Remember back in the day when you could just smoke wherever the hell you wanted? Walk into a restaurant with a cigarette in your hand? Look at some of them old tapes where, let's say, the mobsters are testifying at Congress and they're all sitting there smoking a cigarette. Can't do that no more. It's against the rules. We don't want people catching cancer. So you had all those people that were getting sick, catching cancer, suing this, the tobacco companies and getting billions of dollars out of tobacco companies because they smoked cigarettes. Now, cigarettes is a choice. Would I be able to sue Budweiser or Miller because it caused alcoholism? Because it killed my mother, my father, my sister, and all kinds of other relations? No, I don't think so. That's okay. I wouldn't even consider suing anybody for something that I chose to do myself. Because, like I said before, it's all a choice. You choose to drink. You choose to smoke. I don't think those people had the right to sue for smoking cigarettes, man. They gave me cancer. They didn't tell me I could get cancer. Do they have it labeled on a bottle of beer or a bottle of booze that I can become an alcoholic by drinking this liquid? No. Do they have it on a pack of cigarettes that, that reads, If I quit smoking, will I become fat? No. I can't sue anybody because I'm fat now. I'm just a fat non-smoker. And that's okay. I accept that. If I want to get thinner, I need to get up and exercise, jog, run, play sports, do something. It's up to me. Just like it's up to everyone else that is laying in their bed, weighing 1,200 pounds, eating a pizza, crying because they're fat. If I head down to McDonald's and I order, let's say, two Big Macs, is it up to McDonald's to really let me know that there are 1,100 calories in two Big Macs? No, it's really not. America's made it everybody else's responsibility, everybody else's problem. The problem is we all make ourselves what we are today. I'm not talking about mental illness. I'm not talking about depression and clinical depressed people. That's different. But if you're overweight and you sit around eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich saying, I'm so fat, I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm so fat. Then get up and get some help or help yourself. They say America is an obese nation. Well, of course it is. You have people going down to McDonald's And they have their children with them and their children are obviously obese. And they're stuffing a Big Mac and fries in their face. Getting in the car with their soda or their milkshake telling them, shut up back there. Eat your Big Mac. Now, of course, this is just my opinion. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody feel bad. It's just how I see the world around me. Now, maybe some people should start eating buffalo a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were depleted, too. See, back around 500 years ago, it was estimated there was somewhere around 20 to 30 million buffalo or American bison. But by 1889, there was estimated to be somewhere between 325 to like 1,500 left. It's a fact that the whites would ride trains across the prairie and blast and kill the bison, jump out, skin them, and take their tongue and leave the rest. They would get like three bucks for the hide 
and twenty-five cent for the tongue. Twenty to thirty million. While the Indians got none. That was what the Indians used to sustain life. And they would use every single part of that buffalo. They used the hides for shelter and warmth. They used the skin to make drums. They used the bones for tools. It was a sacred animal to them. Until the whites came along. Plenty to go around. Plenty to share. And then once they were driven to almost extinction, that's when the whites say, Oh, wait a minute. We better be careful now. There's only like 300 left. That's pathetic and sickening and gross. There was one general by the name of Sheridan that wanted to bring the buffalo to complete extinction because he felt like that would stop the Indians from existing as well. I'm constantly shocked and amazed at some of the things I read and some of the things that have brought this country to where it is today. I really shouldn't be that shocked about what I read in the history of the United States of America. I've been watching this program on television. It's called Mankind. And some of the things that the Roman Empire did was absolutely crazy. They would go in and annihilate any human beings that they could. And if you were lucky enough to live, they would drag you back to Rome where you would either be a slave or you could become a citizen of Rome. But you had to believe in the Roman Empire and you had to believe in the emperor. And if you didn't, you could be fed to the lions or you could go do battle with the gladiators in which you were pretty surely going to lose your head. Yes, you were going to die. So those were crazy, crazy times. And no, sir, I don't want anything to do with that crap. Besides that, the Roman Empire got a little bit too big for their own britches, and after centuries of battle with some German tribes and the Goths, they were finally brought down. I was recently reading an article about Tom Brokaw, and he had his opinions about the Hispanics, and he said that the Hispanics need to be assimilated into American culture. And he got all kinds of flack. He had to apologize And now the Latino community wants a settlement, wants money. Oh, Tommy, you're not supposed to say things like that anymore. The problem is you're white. And if you're white, you cannot say these things. The silliness of it all. I mean, we're supposed to have these rights to be able to say how we feel and how we think without any repercussions. And now the Latino community wants money. It wasn't good enough that he said, All right, I apologize. I might have overstepped my boundaries. I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. That wasn't enough. They want NBC to donate a bunch of money to their Latino cause. Now, I do have to agree that Mr. Brokaw's stance on not wanting to have brown babies and brown grandbabies, that's a little harsh, but that's still his opinion, man. He doesn't want that for himself. That's okay for him. It doesn't mean that the whole world has to see the way he sees the world. That's his opinion. I mean, we have Mr. Humpty Trumpty, or is it Trumpty Dumpty, who says, I like to go up to the women and grab them by the pussy. It makes me feel powerful and strong, and that's what they want. That's what they want from me. I don't agree with it, but that's what he said. And then the little dude, the little bush kid that was with him, gets fired because he was kind of giggling about it. He gets fired. 
He's out of work. It's a crazy world we're in right now, but everybody needs to strap in, sit tight, and get ready for the ride. Because in the next couple years, it's going to be crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Get ready, because here it comes. Got another government shutdown coming, because we're going to build that wall. We have the Russians. They're just flying their jets right up here in Alaska, just right up the road, flexing their muscle, letting us know that, yeah, we're here. We got all kinds of things going on in this world. We got a lot more important things to think about, a lot more important things to do with our lives. How do we want to be remembered? Do we want to be remembered like Christopher Columbus for discovering something that was never his to discover? Do we want to take credit for things that we do not do? I've been on jobs before where I could have taken the credit, but I don't. It's just not right. It's not right that Mr. Christopher Columbus gets credit for discovering North America when he never even landed on North America, man. Never even came close. Did he get credit for discovering Cuba or the Bahamas? No. And he didn't get credit because there was already somebody there. Cuba was inhabited. The Bahamas was inhabited. Why didn't he get credit for discovering that? It doesn't make any sense. The Vikings were in North America before he was. Like I said earlier, Leif Erikson landed in the North America, which you would call Canada, way before he did. It just doesn't make any sense. I say we get rid of that holiday. We get rid of the notion that Chris crossed the ocean and discovered North America. See what I did there? And don't ever, 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 ever get me started on Thanksgiving. Now, don't get me wrong. I love food and football just like any other Indian in the world. But I do not believe that the whites and the Indians sat down and broke bread and had venison and corn and potatoes and sang and danced and shared the peace pipe. I just don't believe it. Anyway, so I'm bringing this to a close. And I wanted to make clear, one of my listeners last week said that I was wrong in part of my story about the Tlingit Indians up there in Alaska. Yes, they did in fact banish two of their boys to islands. I didn't make that clear because it's really embarrassing. The boys were brought food, blankets, shelter. They even got to take little trips into the city on the weekends. And after so many months, the judge says, okay, enough of this. Now you're going to go to prison. So they went to prison. One kid went for like 31 months and the other kid went for like 55 months. I didn't bring all that up because it's really kind of embarrassing for the Tlingit tribe to not really hold up their end of the bargain, man. When you say you're going to do something, you should really, really do it. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I am Uwinton. You can reach me at uwinton.elwa at thetribalbrandpodcast.com. I'm still in search of some music some flute music or something. I know this gets a little bit bland without some tunes, but you just can't take music and use it. You have to pay for it or somebody has to give it to you. So, once again, if you know any Indians out there doing some tribal tunes that they want to get on the Tribal Brand Podcast, let me know. Peace.